All right, welcome to another edition of the Boulder Boulding. And we're still in the uh, COVID crisis here, but we're going to actually return to our uh, regular series. And that is because Alec is back in the studio with me. And we have a new mic, so we are slowly getting things set up so we can do these things on a regular basis. So welcome. And we are going to uh, continue slicing into steady state economics a little more. And today, Alec is going to talk about another one of the uh, aspects or policies of steady state economics. Uh, And this one has to do with public banking. And this one, especially for Alec, is uh, probably uh, top on his list. If there's anything that Alec is deeply involved in that is getting public banking going on here in Colorado. And Alec, you're a part of what organization here in Colorado? It's called Rocky Mountain Public Banking Institute. Okay. And uh, I think there's a website for that. Yes. Okay. Well, we'll, I'll post that on on my website. I'm going to hand it over to uh, Alec at this point. Let's begin talking about what is public banking? Why is it necessary? What is it addressing as far as problems with, Mm -hmm. and especially with the financial economic crisis that is on us and is going to continue to get worse and worse. Um, Public banking now seems to be more of a viable option and possibly a political option that we can actually start seeing. So, Alec, take it away. What is a public bank? A public bank is one that is owned by the government. It can be the government of a state. It can be a government of uh, a city, such as Denver or Fort Collins. There are two major differences between a public bank and a private bank. One is that the deposits for a public bank are drawn from the tax revenue and fees for that particular government. Let's just talk about, let's say, the Denver government. So all of the taxes that are received by Denver City are to be put in a public bank. Nobody else can deposit monies in there, whereas a private bank can get deposits from individuals, it can get monies from governments, and it can get deposits, obviously, from companies, corporations. So that's one distinction. Public bank must get its deposits from the government in question. Secondly, public bank is committed to use these funds in order to produce loans that go only for the public good. So the responsibility of the public bank is towards the public good. The responsibility of a private bank 
is to the stockholders of that bank. The bank is a business. It goes for the maximization of profit. So those are the two major uh, distinction between a private bank and a public bank. Okay, uh, let's back up a little bit, Alec, and uh, address how this fits into a steady-state economics. All right, so a public bank can loan out monies to things that can actually grow the economy, in which case it would not necessarily be something that a steady state economy would be in favor of, because a steady state economy would want the economy not to grow. So certainly a public bank can go, can put their their loans into things that produce growth. But if it follows its charter and uh, the board of directors that are committed to the common good, and if the society in question has decided that the common good consists in not growing, then a public bank is uh, really very good for steady state. Whereas a private bank rarely if ever uh, tends to loan monies to things that will not grow the economy. So, for example, the big banks uh, have put a great deal of money in fossil fuels. And that means that not only does it increase pollution, but also goes against the principles of steady-state economics. Okay, so... A uh, public bank is not necessarily anti-growth. It can be very uh, pro-growth, just the growth of projects and the economy that benefits the public at large, not just or exclusively uh, the private sector. Is That's that right. Okay. That's right. But in particular, it could do very much good for the state state economy because it can loan monies to projects that do not increase growth, but nevertheless do a great deal of good for the society. How does this address the, the crisis uh, that we keep running into financially? Now, we, we've experienced some yeah. booms since 2000, of course, the Great Recession of 2008, which some economists say we never really did recover from it. Yes. Uh, the private banks did, but not the rest of the economy. And now we're looking at foreclosures, uh, people who can't pay rent, businesses that can't pay rent, yes, um, that's right. the, uh, and even more uh, predatory uh, outlook by those who can take over and seize uh, foreclosed properties and those kinds of things. How does public banking address this issue? I understand that you're discussing uh, public banking with many municipalities here in the Denver area and perhaps even with the governor. How So how does public banking address the issue of this up and downness of uh, this boom and bust cycle that we're we're in right now. Yes, you know what happens with a downturn in the economy is that money in the hands of people is reduced. Their incomes are reduced. They're uh, let go of businesses. Uh, 
go out of business or close down temporarily, people are furloughed, and therefore people don't have money to use to buy goods and services, or not as much money. The public bank can loan money to small businesses, for example, so that they can continue to operate. They can loan money to the government so that it can produce houses for uh, homeless people. They can um, use the money to help farmers, for example, switch to farming that is uh, organic. They can uh, offer farmers also loans to buy windmills that cost probably about a million dollars each. And so farmers would have two incomes. They would have incomes from producing their crop, and they would have incomes from uh, producing uh, electricity for themselves and for their community and for other people. So it increases demand, essentially. Okay, so but private banks can do this as well. Why, uh, why the need for a public bank to do this? Yes, uh, what we've discovered is that when there is a recession, private banks never increase their loans, they actually reduce their loans. Okay. So that uh, not only do they not help with the recession, they actually fortify the recession because they actually reduce the amount of money in the economy. Whereas a public bank, which is not interested primarily in its profits, but is interested in the public good, would loan out more money in a recession than, uh, than when the economy is doing well. And at lower interest rates. Oh, considerably lower interest rates. Okay, so, so that's, a key, that's a key element here is that y- yes, a the, public bank can ha- get, hand out private loans at near zero interest rates. Yes, and the reason for that is that the cost for running a public bank is considerably lower than any private bank because it doesn't have to have a whole variety of outlets. It can only have one uh, brick uh, building, for example, from which to do everything that it is doing. It also would uh, have very few employees, five, ten employees, let's say, whereas a private bank has considerably more. So the return on capital the return on capital for a public bank that we know very well, uh, namely that of North Dakota, for the last 19 years has produced a return on capital that is equal to about 20% on average. The return for private banks ranges around between 6 and 8%. Okay. So... Uh, you can see that uh, a public bank is considerably less risky than a private bank. And secondly, it uh, is much more uh, conducive to being counter-cyclical to uh, an economy. So when the economy is not doing well, then it provides more liquidity. If the economy is doing well, it provides less liquidity. And that keeps us from getting into inflation, for example. Okay. 
Now, a public bank is not necessarily, or is it, a bank run by the government? No, this is terribly important to understand. It is run by professional bankers. Okay. So that means that it is run by people who know how to be efficient. It is also constrained by the charter and by the board of directors to not only be efficient, but to also be ethical. That is to say, to operate in such a way as to benefit the public good, not only the private good at the expense of the public good. And, by the way, at the expense of the environment as well. Then the public banks aren't... uh just some way to get around taxes, per se. It's not like we're not put, putting tax dollars, per se, in in public banks. No, the, uh, the tax dollars, yes, are put in, in deposits, just like the government of Denver, for example, when they receive all of those uh, tax revenues, they put those uh, revenues as deposits into a bank. And a, a private bank. bank. And a, ba- a private bank that is main goal is to uh, charge interest on <laughs> the city of Denver and to make a profit for itself. Yes. So this is, uh, this is kind of reverse of the way uh, some politicians and political groups want to go where they want less government uh, involvement in things and... Um, you know, the uh, private businesses. But this is still a private entity whose goal is just simply not to service a small... No, no, it isn't. I wouldn't say it's a private one. I would say it's a public one. So even though it is government-owned, in other words, the buildings, etc., government-owned, it is not a government-run organization. It is a public organization run for a public good. So this, I think, is a very important point that you bring up, namely this opposition that we have an ongoing opposition between private interest and government interest. Yes, right. right. And that conservatives tend to say, well, you know, government can't ever do anything very well. Uh, whereas businesses, private businesses can because they're driven through profit. And if they don't do things efficiently, then uh, then uh, they won't make very much profit. So they have an incentive to operate efficiently. Otherwise, they wouldn't be making a profit. Whereas with government, you have the intention at any rate to serve the people that uh, voted you into power. However, one must concede that there are bad governments. You know, there can be bad governments that are bad because they're very inefficient. That's usually the kind of criticism against uh, government or even big government is they're bureaucratic, they're terribly inefficient. And the other one is that uh, government can be bad because it uh, uses its power and its monies in order to benefit certain people and certain organizations that have uh, supported them in elections. 
so that they do that at the expense of the public good, at the expense of the middle class, at the expense of the poor, at the expense of black people, at the expense of the environment, for that matter. Okay. So there's no doubt that there can be bad governments. But here, uh, with the work that we've been doing at the public bank, is that we are very careful to have a charter and also board of directors that are elected and stay in power with the directive to serve the public good. So hopefully that is a counter to a politically charged use of public banks. Politically and also corporate. So we have defenses against both political influence and corporate influence. Well, there's a couple of uh, mm -hmm. uh, websites that you can look at and learn more about public banking. One is called uh, public, just publicbanking.org, and then there's uh, the publicbankinginstitute.org. Yes. Let me uh, read off uh, on... They're uh, the public institute, public banking institute. They have 10 key facts about public banking. And I'm going to go through these, Alec, and just yes. feel free to uh, comment yes. as, uh, as uh, we go through them. So number one, public banks are owned by the people of a state, city, community, or nation. Uh, that's qualifying something you said, that they're owned by the government, but ultimately it's the people. Whom, yes. whom the the public bank is, quote, owned by. Number two, public banks serve as the depository for local government funds, city yes. or state taxes, fees, or anything. Yes. And we just talked about that as well, that, yes. um, you know, there's all kinds of banking services that any government has to perform, and a lot of them are run through private banks, whereas they can and should run those through a public bank. Number three, public banks are required to benefit the public by serving local community needs. Yes. Number four, public banks can save state and local governments millions or even billions of dollars by cutting out middlemen and private shareholders, eliminating fees, and financing projects at lower interest rates. Yes. Quite so, yes. yes. Uh, number five, public banks reinvest bank profits into the community, providing a new source of income for cities and states and a source of funding for projects such as infrastructure, renewable energy, and affordable housing. So this is really critical because uh, this issue is coming up everywhere in our state. Uh, you know, we're looking at budget, mm -hmm. giant bu budget deficits, and the the never-ending politically charged question is going to be, well, who's going to pay for it? Well, public banking answers some of that. That yeah. Yeah. yeah, and here's how. The amount of money that is available for projects if you have a public bank, whether it's a state bank or a city bank or a community bank, is uh, money that can be made available without increasing taxes. Yes. Because a public bank, like a private bank, can actually create money on the basis of having the deposits 
of the government there. They just like private banks. This is this is absolutely key, and what a lot of people do not understand. <laughs> if you ask people where where does is money made, they'll say a mint or I don't know, but it's like well, it's made with a click of a button by a banker. That's right. You know, you when come, when they give out a loan. Yes, when you come into uh, a loan, um, and you want a hundred thousand dollars for a new business, just a click of a button, poof, there's another hundred thousand dollars into the system. Now, Alec, explain how they can do that. So they they there's a limit on how much they can magically poof into the the market. Yes, there is a limit, and that's specified by the Federal Reserve, or it's become quite flexible now. And that limit is about uh, nine to ten times the original deposit. I can't remember the term they use, but... They have to have a reserves of a yes, certain amount. And, it's, yeah. and I think the norm is about 20%. You can love... No, 10%. 10%. Okay, because yeah. I know that... And as I say, now, you know, this has become rather flexible because essentially the Federal Reserve wants the banking system to loan out as much as possible. And now there's a new regulation of the Federal Reserve that that any bank can borrow from the Federal Reserve with an interest of 0.25. Okay. Any bank can go to the Federal Reserve and borrow that money from the Federal Reserve. I, I believe that right before the crisis of 2008, Lehman Brothers was... Uh creating money uh, 40% above their their assets. Yeah, yeah and, and again, it's uh, also what matters, Keith, is where the money is loaned. You know, so, for example, if what you're interested in is short-term profits, as private banks are usually interested in, you would lend the money not to create new businesses and to create new jobs, but that money can go into speculation. And which is where it is mainly going now is speculation. Yeah, it's going into asset buying rather than producing more productive assets that would benefit the economy in that they would benefit employment and would benefit, therefore, the income that people have to use now that they would be rehired again. And that's pretty much what the big banks are all about. They're not about putting money into the economy. They're about buying up assets <laughs> and yes, trading on assets. And the reason for that is that in the short run, there is a chance that they can make more money that way rather than for putting the money into a new business, let's say, because new businesses take time to develop and to become profitable and to uh, pay back interest and things like that. Whereas with putting money in assets, already existing assets, that does not increase the productivity of the economy is one which uh, can bring you a very high return very, very quickly. The trouble is that some of those investments are not going to pan out. 
And so in my estimation, what the private banks have done is to say, we will invest in things that bring a very high return very quickly, but which are risky. So if things go well for us, we'll make quite a bit of money very fast, and that will increase uh, the profits, obviously, of the corporation, and therefore the pay of the executives, because the executives are paid according to the profits of the organization that they had. Right. On the other hand, even though it brings in quite a bit of profit, there is a possibility, a greater possibility of uh, the, them going uh, awry. But the banks can then not be dissolved because they can also ask the government to bail them out. As a matter of fact, the big business can blackmail the government and say, if you don't bail us out, and not just my bank, but all the other big banks, then the financial system of the United States is going to go under and nobody uh, will ever in the government want to have that happen. Right. So it's a very serious situation. Right. And it's public banking is, uh, is a way to at least counter the movement. Let me uh, continue on with our yes. um, list here. Public banks are run not by politicians, but by qualified bankers serving a public mission. Yes. Public banks provide accountability and transparency to the public for bank decisions, avoiding the risk of Wall Street speculative gambling, which you just addressed. Yes. Public banks create new jobs and spur economic growth by supporting local small businesses, something that the the bailout is more and more criticism is coming that this isn't really helping small businesses. This is this was a bailout of Wall Street and big businesses. And even the Catholic Church, if you yes. knew, knew that. So. Gotten quite a bit of money. Yeah. Nine public banks partner with and support rather than competing with local community banks. So public bank is not to be taking over, um, you know, smaller banks, the, the kind of mom and pop banks of matter. No, no, yeah. That's a very important point. Community banks tend to, the collaboration of a public bank with a community bank is very important in this way. Community banks know their clients very well. They're very close to their clients. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, they don't have very much money to loan out. A public bank can collaborate with community banks to offer the community banks the money that is necessary for them to loan to quite a few people. So you have a double advantage. You have available monies from the public bank, and on the other hand, you have very secure loans because they're done through community banks that um, know the customers very well. Right. Yes. And then uh, number 10, public banks can lend during times of stress and crisis, which we're in right now, helping to sustain a healthy local economy. So Yes, exactly. Yeah, so let's kind of play off of that one a little bit, Alec. What would it look like, our situation here in Denver, Colorado, uh, if Denver had a strong city bank and the state of Colorado had a strong public bank? What, 
What would be different about our crisis if those were already in place? Well, at the present moment, the state of Colorado is facing a deficit of $3 billion, more than $3 billion, but let's say $3 billion, out of a budget of $12.6 billion. So that means that virtually a quarter of the budget is not available to do the kinds of things that governments do. You know, they provide for infrastructure, they provide for schools, they provide for unemployment benefits, they provide for universities, they provide for, uh, you know, other things that you could think about. We even added uh, more recently that they could provide uh, monies for publicly funded elections, let's say, so yeah, that people don't that spend be... all their time uh, going after uh, fortunes, which uh, then they are, uh, you know, at the mercy of, so to speak. Right. So right. now what we're facing without a public bank is that the, the state of Colorado will have to reduce services that were in the budget, but they can't be funded because uh, a state cannot uh, create a deficit. Right. And, of course, there's the uh, never-ending discussion about how uh, health care is going to be paid for. Oh, very much so, yeah. yes. Public banking could help that. Especially when, when uh, you know, we have in the United States this system of having your health benefits be associated with your job. Well, if, the, if we lose 40 million jobs, then that means that this amount that would go to... Uh, health uh, insurance does not. Right. So, yes. Yes. Well, I'm going to uh, read off a little uh, excerpt from a Michael Hudson mm -hmm. uh, article where he was asked the question, uh, let's say that Joe Biden becomes uh, the president where the financial crisis is deepened and out of nowhere, Joe Biden calls Michael Hudson and asks what uh, he should do, asks for his advice. Mm -hmm. And here's Michael Hudson's answer. Well, I'll say the Federal Reserve has been buying $10 trillion worth of stocks. Let's sell off all these stocks so that it'll have enough money to begin funding state and local public sector investments. Now, selling all the stocks, of course, will crush the stock market. The good thing about not bailing out the landlords, about not bailing out the stock market, is the banks that have made big bets, especially on insuring third world debt, are going to go broke. And I would say now, this time when Citibank, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo become insolvent, wiping out its net worth as they did in 19, 2008, this time taking them into the public sector, making them public banks, and as a public bank, let's not lend for corporate takeover loans. Let's not lend money yes. to corporate raiders to outsource and downsize companies. Let's make them lend for actual loans that will actually rebuild the economy with tangible means of production, tangible infrastructure, and back to the real economy instead. I think Mr. Biden would say, well, how much money did you contribute to my campaign? Oh, I see. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah. uh, 
Any comments on uh, that kind of? Well, we've uh, we've covered most of it. Essentially, the public bank will uh, uh, loan monies for uh, use of its productive capacity, its labor, its natural resources, its capital. Right. You know, to produce goods and services that are good for uh, people, including services such as health services or uh, housing for uh, homeless people uh, so that, you know, essentially these people can not spend all of their time finding out how they're going to eat or how they're going to pay for their uh, mortgage or their rent, but actually uh, use their capacities in order to produce goods and services. Right, exactly. I think it's pretty straightforward. Yes. So tell and by the way, Michael Hudson is very much in favor of public banking. Oh, yes. And uh, I will post a link on uh, my website, uh, a good article of his called The Next Financial Crisis and Public Banking as the Response. Yes. It's, it's an excellent article. And it was written uh, two years ago before we yes. were looking at what the pandemic. Look- yeah, what we're looking at right now. Uh, so it's. Is an excellent, excellent thing at this. Well, I, w- I want you to tell us a little bit about how things are going as far as getting public banks to be a real thing in the United States. Of course, there's there's been the uh, North Dakota Public Bank that uh, started in, what, 1910? As, 1919. 1919, as, by the way, precipitated by an crisis where the banks were not helping. Freight uh, trains were charging very, very high rates to transfer farmers' foods and uh, vegetables as well as workers' products. Right. And this is something America desperately needs to get back to is having the rural workers and the urban workers collaborating together to make, uh, to combat against uh, big corporations and robber barons and big financial and powerful political institutions. But other than that, there's no public banking. However, California just last year legalized public banking. That's May 27th. And it was uh, signed by the governor of California. That was just this year in May. That was just uh, a few months ago. And that was the result of uh, very hard work by a group of people that uh, did, I think, two things. One, they're very good at uh, connecting with legislators and talking to them and, and showing them how it could be good for California. And secondly, they did something which I think was very intelligent and we are attempting to replicate in Colorado, and that is to find groups that would support public banking and would sign the petition to have a public bank in California so that politicians could see that they wouldn't just be alone in proposing that, but that they were movements uh, behind that. So we've attempted to imitate them. Obviously, they have many more than we do. They had... uh, about 180 such groups, which is a fantastic achievement. And we have about uh, 50, I think. 
And uh, just to qualify that, it doesn't mean that they, my understanding of this law that they passed is not saying uh, California shall establish a state bank, but it gives the legal backing for public banks to be started. Yes, both cities and state. Oh, yes. Okay, any, any even municipalities and those kinds of things. Yes, can as create... long as they have the capital with which to start a public bank. Yes, and yes. I believe uh, the city of Los Angeles is moving forward with uh, creating... And San Francisco. And San Francisco. So how are things going here in Colorado? Well, we are uh, going in the same direction. We've gotten together as a coalition with an organization called 350 uh, Colorado, which is with 350.org, the national organization of McKibben, which deals with the environment. And they're very much in support of Rocky Mountain Public Bank Institute and its efforts to create both a state and a city and city public banks. Now, how would in why would an environmental organization be so interested in public banking? This goes back to our question about uh, connecting this to steady state. Because, for example, you know, one of the uh, positions of this organization is to have cities and states to divest from fossil fuels, let's say, just like universities have done that or other organizations have done that. And these uh, industries are uh, financed primarily by private banks. Yeah, and so, so if we can take a little bit of the financial control away yeah. from a private industry then we have more of a leverage to... Uh, yeah, let's you know. not forget that uh, divestment from uh, South Africa, for example, helped to bring down the apartheid regime. Correct. This is no small, uh, yes. No small weapon. Yes. Here. Yes. All right. Denver has been looking into public banking. And now, very recently, in the last two months or so, we've... Uh, not switched altogether, but we've added another uh, component, and that is instead of waiting for the legislature to do the same thing as in California, what we have decided is to ask through a letter to uh, have government police issue an executive order. Now, initially, we thought that uh, the executive order would be to establish a public bank. We thought that we would give it to a legal firm to investigate the possibility of such a thing happening. In other words, is it really not a very good path to take because it's very easily challengeable? And they came up with the opinion that indeed it is very easily challengeable. But they suggested something else, and that is to issue an executive order that the state of Colorado look into, investigate the possibility of having a public bank together with suggested legislation as well as a, a business plan. So this, we're just putting the finishing touches, Earl and myself, on the, such a letter. And we're 
attempting to reduce it to about a page or page and a half, and then have considerable number of pages in an FAQ form that gives very, uh, very many details about any objections that might uh, that might come up. Well, that sounds good. And the argument there is that we are in an emergency now with the coronavirus and that if we don't do anything, then there is no question that Colorado is going to be facing a reduction of $3 billion in terms of public expenditures. And that, and that is not bad for this year because any time you reduce expenditures by the government, you're going to have an effect on other years right. after that because the demand will have gone down through the yep. multiplier. And here again, public banking is a good thing in a crisis, and it's a good thing when there's not a crisis. <laughs> yes, that's, that's why we're, we're looking to see if we can take advantage of the crisis to establish one, and then seeing that it's doing really very well, that then the legislature from uh, the legislation from the legislature would be uh, forthcoming because the advantages would be plain. Right. And it would benefit uh, small businesses, uh, people looking for investments and all kinds of things. It would benefit infrastructure projects. Almost the only entity that's not going to benefit is a corporate uh, America. Yeah, and even that is open to some question in that if an economy is doing well, obviously the big corporations in that economy and outside that economy are also going to be doing well. But that's long term. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So where is the resistance then if public banking is so good? Why, well, why we have uh, made a list of about seven objections that people that have been proposed and in that letter that we are putting together, we're very briefly answering these objections and then directing any more questions, the answers to which would be in the FAQs. All so, right. Can you give us yeah, an so example? So one of them would be it's unconstitutional. The other one is that it is illegal. The third one is that it will not be effective. It won't be able to, to produce very much. Here's what I suggest, uh, Alec, that um, our next uh, podcast, rather than going on to a new uh, topic, is that we, uh, we address those uh, criticisms of public banking. So let's plan on doing that next I was actually, time. I put that letter together yesterday. So Okay. Uh, and Earl is looking it over, and we're going to have it ready in uh, a day or two. Sounds good. I think so, that's our yeah. plan for next time. So at this point, I'm going to close off our session. Alec, you've been uh, knowledgeable and uh, informative as always, bringing uh, your great wisdom <laughs> to uh, helping a lot of us understand something that 
is really a, quite a mystery to us, and it really shouldn't be. We're just offering one more step in that direction. And with that, I'm going to sign off. Well, thank you very much for putting this thing together. Yep. And our new mics worked great. Yes. Yep. We'll see you soon.